Welcome to Rework, a podcast by Basecamp about the better way to work and run your business. I'm Sean Hildner. And I'm Waylon Wong. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. On today's show, we are going to bring you stories. Oh, wait, before we do that, you've been watching some movies, right? I've been very busy watching movies. I want to get into this really quick. Okay. What have you seen? Well, let me call up my Google Doc. <laughs> Foley! <laughs> Wow, yeah. Where's my Oscar? <laughs> I decided I didn't have it in me to do anything except watch rom-coms on Hallmark and Netflix. And luckily, since I think both places have recognized there's this like enormous demand for cheesy romantic holiday-themed movies, they're just pumping them out all day, every day. They're being advertised to me constantly. So I decided just to watch a whole bunch of them. I watched six. I watched... Two Netflix ones. I watched The Princess Switch, which is the one with Vanessa Hudgens that I feel like they were advertising a lot. And I watched The Christmas Calendar. And then the other four that I watched, and I can run through them real quick, are all Hallmark. I watched Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe, (laughs) Christmas at the Palace. Are you laughing? Don't laugh. Nine Lives of Christmas and A Crown for Christmas. What would Jane Austen say? Jane Austen would come out of her grave and say Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe is hot garbage. And let me tell you why. (laughs) Let's start there then. I was very excited about Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe because I love Pride and Prejudice. And I realized with dawning horror as I watched this hour and a half film that there's actually no Pride and Prejudice connection aside from naming the characters and places, which is just like the laziest ass thing to do. Oh, what a bummer. I know. And it turns out that the movie is based on a romance novel, which gender flips the Lizzie and Darcy characters, which is kind of interesting. But for some reason, they just throw out the whole thing for the movie. And then they like kind of make the heroine into this like high powered investment portfolio manager on Wall Street, but it actually doesn't work at all. And it's really boring and is like not kind of even about anything. And like 25 minutes into it, my husband said, What is this movie about? And I was like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite Pride and Prejudice version? I am forever loyal to the 1996 BBC miniseries with Colin Firth oh, and Colin Jennifer Firth is so Ely. sexy. Um, that movie is wonderful. Mm-hmm. It's really, really wonderful. The newer one that Joe Wright directed with Keira Knightley is also pretty good, but I stand for the original. Fair. Not the original original. That was like Greer Garson. It's like black and white. I don't, that one's not really my favorite. So from one to five Christmas ornaments, what do you give Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe? Half an ornament. Half of a broken ornament. Oh, wow. That <laughs> fell on your floor. Like when it gets really, when the, the top breaks off mm-hmm. and it's super sharp on the top and yeah. you miss it every single time. Yep. I still have cuts on my hands. Yep. Terrible, uh, what terrible. did you watch next? Well, we're going a little out of order because that's, that's okay. the second one I watched. Um, I watched Christmas at the Palace next. <laughs> this um, sounds right up your alley. Which is, um, it's funny because I'm looking at my notes and I didn't take any notes on the plot. So let me try to remember what it's about. Okay. I'm pretty sure this is about two women an ice skater and a former ice skater who's now an ice skating coach who go to a fictional European country. It's always a fictional European country uh, to put on a um, ice skating Christmas pageant um, at the palace, hence Christmas at the palace. Mm-hmm. And this movie was like, OK, I, I have a bigger point to make about 
using um, like royalty in these movies, which I can get to later. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing about this movie is the two women they cast as the leads look extremely similar. So similar that I was hoping there'd be a plot twist where it would actually be the same person with a split personality disorder. Like, did you ever see this movie um, Raising Cain with John Lithgow? No. Anyway, I thought maybe it would be trending in that direction, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. And um, I just feel like if there's anything I know about casting, and I don't know that much about casting, but it's like just cast a blonde and a brunette. Or like a redhead and a blonde. Sure. But in- instead they cast two blondes. Two and identical I, white ladies. I did not know which one was which. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a problem. And how many uh, Christmas baubles do you give? What is it called? Skating at the palace? Christmas at the Christmas palace? Christmas at the palace. Mm-hmm. I would give this one two baubles. I would say this movie was 100% saved by the B story, which was way more interesting than the A story. What was the B story? The B story was just the other blonde lady falling in love with uh, the king's assistant. Oh, and sure. they had a little bit more zip to their romance, a little bit more chemistry than the A story of the king falling in love with the uh, ice skating coach. Mm-hmm. Which brings me to what I was talking about before, where you have these royalty-themed movies, because what I figured out was that these movies that have um, women falling in love with princes and kings in fictional European countries, they're really boring. They're really boring because for some reason they cannot give any personality to the king or the prince. Sure. Like the king and the prince character always has to be this like dull, super like straight-laced guy. So why would anyone fall in love with them? Yeah. Well, so, money and power. Yeah. I mean, and so you just don't get any sense of why these people are together. There's no humor. There's no chemistry. You're like, oh, well, it's just because look how handsome he is. But I mean, they have like the personality of like a potted plant. So you're just like watching a very, usually a very vivacious heroine kind of like do all like funny pratfalls and like making cookies and like charming the like widower king's child and like all this stuff. And then like the king himself is just like always like buttoned up and being like, oh, like, I don't know if my father would approve, you know, I have to carry on the legacy. And it's like, what? You know? And also, um, there is this, what movie was it? I think it was, um, oh, this was a a Crown for Christmas, which Mm -hmm. was another royalty-themed one, starring Danica McKellar, actually. I don't know know who that is. Winnie from the Wonder Years. I I don't know the Wonder Years. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, like, do you know what it is? No. The Wonder Years? No. Oh, The Wonder Years was like a fantastic show that was on in the 80s starring Fred Savage. and um, Who's Fred Savage? Oh, Fred Savage was, well, this is now circular logic. He was the star of The Wonder Years. That's what he's oh, most cool, famous cool, cool. for. But <laughs> it was this really like groundbreaking show that's about um, like kids growing up in like kind of during the Vietnam War, like okay. that era in like suburban America. And it's like a really beautiful show. But uh, Danica McKellar played Winnie Cooper, who was the love interest on that show, like Girl gotcha. Next Door. Anyway, she is in A Crown for Christmas. And they have this whole thing about like how the king in this movie, who's a widower, I think. Yeah, he's a widower. Is supposed to marry some other um, noble woman. Right, it's kind of, mm-hmm. it's a bit like Sound of Music with like Captain Von Trapp having the, supposed to be with like the Baroness. I haven't seen that either. Oh, okay. <laughs> More <laughs> gaps in your cultural education, Sean. Sorry, listeners. But at one point, like the king is talking to his advisor 
Oh, his advisor is played by the guy who plays um, like the police chief in The Dark Knight who gets like poisoned by that like whiskey. Do you remember? Uh, yes. Yeah. What so is not that? Commissioner Gordon, no, but no, like know, the other yeah, yeah. actor who mm-hmm. he like takes a drink from like his whiskey bottle in his desk, but like the Joker has poisoned it. Right. So you see it like smoking and then he like collapses on his yep. desk. Anyway, that actor plays the the king's top advisor. And at one point he was like, it's really important you marry the countess or whatever because we have to strengthen relations with the northern provinces. And I was like, what is this, Westeros? <laughs> like, this is like a fictional European country that looks like it has a population of like 50 people. Like In the stakes, sort of a contemporary setting. Yeah. And it's like the stakes could not be lower yeah. here. And it's like, anyway, that's kind of the fundamental problem with these movies where you match up a heroine with a member of, like, a royal family. It's like, the royal family is completely inconsequential, and yet they have this, like, elevated language about how important it is to, like, carry on legacies and not marry a commoner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I don't think I'm going to do any more of the royal ones. Okay. So is that it? Just crown for Christmas and uh, skating at the palace is what I'm calling it from now on? Um, skating at the palace. The other royal one was the Princess Switch with Vanessa oh, Hudgens. Right. That one was like fine. It was actually kind of cute. My main beef with this movie, and this is good. This is a a weird one, but it starts out in Chicago because the main character is mm-hmm. a Chicagoan, which I was very excited about. And actually, it opens with these like beautiful shots of Chicago. And I actually turned to my husband and I said, "Look at this B roll." But then. <laughs> That's the only bit. And then, like, the rest of it, they actually shot in Romania. Um, But the main character, who is from Chicago, is walking around in the dead of winter wearing a baseball cap that says Chicago on it. It's the kind of... It's the kind of baseball cap you would buy at, like, Walgreens if you were a tourist. And she just wears it all the time. As a Chicagoan. As a Chicagoan. Mm -hmm. Number one, you would not wear a baseball cap in the dead of winter. No. And number two, you wouldn't wear a baseball cap that says Chicago on it. Unless it's followed by the word Cubs or something. Exactly. Um, Honestly, it took me out of the movie. I I completely understand. And she wears it throughout. She also wears it when she goes to the fictional European country for the baking competition, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the— I'm sorry, the— the That's baking the competition? inciting kind of incident of the movie is she goes to a fictional European country to compete in a baking competition mm-hmm. where she meets her doppelganger who is royal, and then they decide to switch places. Uh-huh. But which, which character do we follow? The Chicagoan in— You follow both. Oh, so the princess comes back to Chicago? No, they switch oh. places in the European country, if that makes sense. Kind of. I mean, it sounds boring. It's okay. I mean, Vanessa Hudgens actually does a good job. She's got, like, you know, British accent for playing the um, European doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's okay. It's okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do we? What rating do you give the, the Princess Switch? I would give it three baubles purely on the strength of Vanessa Hudgens' charisma. Okay. Yeah. And we didn't get a rating for A Crown for Christmas. I would say two baubles— on the strength of Danica McKellar, who's very good. Okay. Fun fact about Danica McKellar is that after she grew out of being a child star, she went and got a doctorate in mathematics, and then she writes, like, uh, math textbooks for kids now. Oh, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Um, so we have gone through four of these? We've gone through four. Uh, what's next on our list? Well, I'll save my favorite one of the bunch for last. Mm-hmm. Number five is... The Christmas Calendar. 
uh-huh. which is on Netflix. This movie has a lot going for it. Number one, it has people of color as the main characters, mm-hmm. which I'm sad to say that in the year of our Lord, 2018, all these <laughs> movies are just starring white people, uh-huh. except for the ones that like only star black people. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yep. Um, yep. It's yeah. either white movies or black movies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's like they, they're never integrated. Like, God forbid we have like an interracial romance mm-hmm. on one of these. Um, usually the people of color are like relegated to like the sidekick roles. They're right. always like sidekicks to the white right. people. Anyway, um, Christmas Calendar stars Cat Graham, who was in The Vampire Diaries, one of my favorite recent television shows. Sure. And it has magic involved in it. Her name's Cat Graham. Cat Graham. That sounds like a cat comes to your door to deliver a message. Oh, that's so cute. Right? Business idea. Uh, trademark. Okay. Is Rework. the URL available? FM. It probably belongs to her. It probably belongs to her fan site. Um, so this one has magic in it because the heroine receives a present from her grandfather and it's like a really big wooden advent calendar in the shape of a house that belonged to her late grandmother and then she can't get it to open but then magically each day the doors pop open mm-hmm. of, on their own and then there's like there's a tiny object inside like I think one time it was a pair of ice skates uh, you know another time it was like a little reef and then that object comes to predict something important that's going to happen on that day. Like what do the ice skates mean for the future? I think she went ice skating that day. I mean, So it's not, not a lot of things of consequence. <laughs> no, but it's, it's all kind of part of this bigger tapestry because she like meets this guy that she thinks she is really falling for and he ends up kind of being a jerk and then she realizes it's been her best friend all along, you Ugh. know? Yep. I mean, one thing I will say about rom-coms in general that I'm not a huge fan of is they always feel compelled to introduce a third act complication that drives the two leads apart so that they can have a big reconciliation, usually with some kind of big gesture or something Mm -hmm. at the end. And I really don't like it because most of the time, the third act complication is just really stupid. You know, it's them, it's like something that could be solved by just like picking up a phone or like having a real conversation and said like they have some like really dumb misunderstanding and then get so mad they don't talk to each other again. It's possible that if communication was more prevalent, uh, maybe rom-coms wouldn't exist. <laughs> like, don't you think that solves every romantic comedy plot? Yeah, just like talking like, more. Do better at talking to someone. Yeah. Don't stalk someone's email or I don't remember what you've got mails what? about. Um, That's not what that's about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... In this movie, the third act complication is basically that the guy causes a situation that leads to— The bad guy or the friend? The friend Mm -hmm. causes a situation that leads to catgram.com losing (laughs) her job and then gets mad at her when she gets upset with him and compares it to this time when they were supposed to see a movie together with another friend, but she didn't— go because she was on a date and I was Mm -hmm. like I don't think those things are similar no no I hate I completely hate the friend as lover (gasps) storyline really yeah yeah in all forms yeah yeah. it's so predictable and it just it yeah it reinforces this weird thing that like no friend of the opposite sex can be it can just be a friend they're always like this undercurrent of possible romantic partner. Are you going to get together? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So like when Harry met Sally, really, really, really not your jam. Oh my God, no. 
Not even a little bit my jam. Oh. Yeah. Do you like uh, enemies falling in love? Um, that's, yeah. That's You've Got Mail. Yeah, okay. Yeah, which you've never seen. No, no. On the next episode, you'll explain the plot of You've Got Mail to me. <laughs> well, it's actually got a business angle to it because it's about competing business owners. Mm. Because Tom Hanks runs uh, a very large chain of bookstores. I'm sorry. On this episode, you'll explain <laughs> <laughs> You've Got Mail to me. And Meg Ryan runs an independent bookstore. Ah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So what rating do you give? Uh, sorry, what was the name of this one? The Christmas Calendar. What, what rating do you give the CC? Um, I give the CC four baubles. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I actually think it's pretty good. I think the acting is decent. Um, I did have to laugh at this one part where um, the lead character arrives at her parents' house and it's daylight hours. It's Christmas lunch or dinner or something. And then she gets there and then leaves immediately for a meeting she has at 8 p.m. That's in the same town. That looks really small. And I'm like, is it going to take six hours? What's traffic like on Christmas Day? There? <laughs> I was like, why? It's broad daylight outside. Anyway. Excuse me. I need to leave the scene for a while. <laughs> That's my only nitpick, really. Okay. And last but not least, what was your favorite movie of the holiday rom-com binge watch? Okay. I recommend this movie almost without reservation. This movie was recommended to me by a friend, Mm -hmm. and it came out a few years ago, but um, they, you know, replay it because it's like wall-to-wall holiday movies at this time of year. So this is a Hallmark movie called Nine Lives of Christmas. Okay. It stars, are you ready for this? Cat Graham. I wish. I know, that would have been perfect. Brandon Ruth. Do you remember Brandon Ruth? Yeah, from Superman Returns. Yeah, the Kate Bosworth Superman that no one liked. Mm -hmm. It's really bad. Is it? I no, never he saw seems it. like such a sweetheart, though. He is really good in this, extremely charming. So he plays a firefighter. Yes, <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> and um, and then the his romantic uh, partner is um, a woman who is going to vet school and also works at a pet supply store, mm-hmm. and it just is about them falling in love. But it's um, it's really cute. The writing just seemed like a tick better in this case. Like, the characters have a little bit more personality. He's allowed to have a personality. He's very funny. Um, and he's supposed to be, like, a little bit of a layabout, you know, like a commitment phobe. Mm-hmm. And here's something interesting about this movie is that at the beginning of the movie, he's seeing someone else, which is very rare. Mm-hmm. Usually the, these people are, like, blank slates because they think you're not – supposed to picture them as having um, any kind of like romantic outside of their own storyline. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But you Mm -hmm. see him date this kind of like horrible lady. And why does she have to be horrible? Well, because you got to, you know, like set up this contrast with (laughs) um, like the very sweet heroine of the movie. So This is a movie about one woman's life being like completely torn apart on Christmas. No, well, the way they set it up is like she deserves it because she's a terrible, terrible person. No who, one deserves who hates pets and then gets the <laughs> oh, okay, other person okay. fired if from their pets, then, yeah. job at the pet supply store because the bad girlfriend's dad owns the store. Brandon Ruth, you see him like kissing his horrible girlfriend at the beginning of the movie, which Ew. actually is shocking because here's the thing about these holiday movies is they're so chaste mm-hmm. that there is no physical activity of any kind until you get to usually the last 10 seconds and right, then there's right. a kiss. Only the ones that are supposed to kiss are allowed to kiss. Yes. And you you never see 
you honestly just don't see any physical activity. It's really kind of interesting in that mm-hmm. way. It's like so chaste. You do have a lot of mistletoe-related sexual tension in these movies where there's always a strategically hung mistletoe and it's always like, oh, will we, won't we? And then it's like they're moving in and then someone's phone rings or like they get interrupted, <sighs> which is funny to me because I don't know what mistletoe looks like. I don't feel like I see it hanging up this year. I've never been caught under the mistletoe. I do not hang it up myself. But it actually makes the perfect kind of, I want to call it like a deuce, Ex machina, but it's like a perfect little <laughs> device to have in a holiday rom-com. Deus ex mistletoe. <laughs> because you can just like force two people to like maybe kiss, but then it never happens unless yeah. it's like the last 10 seconds in the movie. Right. But you do see Brandon Ruth and his horrible girlfriend kiss at the beginning, which when I saw it, I was like, wow, is We're this rated PG-13? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's very, very cute. And the two leads kiss before the last 10 seconds of the movie, which, again, a revelation. Mm -hmm. And the cats are so cute, I can't even tell you. (laughs) The cats are super, super cute in this movie. And how many baubles do we give this? Five. This is five Five baubles. Five Is this something you would watch uh, every year? Oh, yeah, I'll watch it every year. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. These are all just the same plots recycled every year. Okay. And a lot of them star the same actresses. (laughs) So you That's got to be a good gig, though. Great gig. Great gig. Yeah. You know, like um, the one that I really didn't like, Pride, Prejudice, and Mistletoe, stars Lacey Chabert, who played Claudia in Party of Five, my favorite, favorite TV series when uh-huh. I was um, in high school. Uh, she's also in Mean Girls. She plays Gretchen Wiener in Mean Girls. Okay. But anyway, she's in it. And then I noticed that she was like in another movie that looked exactly the same. And she had, like, the same hair and the same makeup in it. So it's like they don't even try that hard. Produced on the same soundstage. Like, I think so. I <laughs> think they just, like, the swap out, like, a blue turtleneck sweater for a red one or whatever. Um, and then they just kind of go again. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, we should probably get into this episode of Rework. No, How- I don't think we have time. All right. Scrap it. All right. Happy New Year, Waylon. Happy New Year. And we... We'll be back with an actual episode of Rework on the 8th of January, 2019. Yes, see you then. Bye. Bye.